Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. We're rolling early today, ladies and gentlemen. It's a buy low edition of Fantasy NBA Today. First thing on the Pacific Coast time, at least, here on this Tuesday morning. Week 9. What are we going to do to cash in, ladies and gentlemen? What are we going to do to cash in? Things have been going well on this front lately. As far as buy lows go, we'll do a recap as we get into things. And then we'll give you three more names. One of them perhaps a little bit risky. That maybe, maybe we'll cash in in the not-too-distant future. I am Dan Bespris at Dan Bespris on social, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. It's probably easier just to Google search Dan from Sports Ethos. And welcome to the show, Sports Ethos presentation. SportsEthos.com is the website. Ethos Fantasy BK over on Twitter. Please make sure to like, subscribe, rate and review, do all that stuff that takes just a few seconds that does, and I promise you again, does move the needle on uh, growth of our podcast, of our YouTube, all that good stuff. Uh, and I think that's the main thing. Discord link is in the show description. Twitter handles in the show description and on your screen if you're watching. Everything is pretty easy to find these days. So let's go ahead and dive right into it. Yeah, there it says buy low week nine. Probably should have put that up before because uh, this is repeating myself. But it's kind of incredible that we're already at week nine, isn't it? I think that puts us a third of the way through the NBA season. Yeah, teams have played about a third of their games. Just a tiny bit less than that. We're rumbling along, man. But at the same time, I know you hear that and your first thought is, oh no, I'm running out of time already. Don't worry, that's not the case. A third of the season might be done, but that means we still have two-thirds or just slightly more than that left. Everything is fine. Let's take a look at what's been going on on these buy low shows because and this was something I wanted to add as we got going I frankly I probably should have done this sooner the calls that we're making on these buy low shows we want to see how they're doing are guys still buy lows have they started to cash in already let's look at a few of those Jaron Jackson Jr he's been cashing in he was on a he was the buy low guy for two three four weeks in a row He had fallen out of the top 100. He's now number 39 on the season. You guys can probably do some simple math on that. Lately, he's been dominating. Well, let's see. Where does that put him? Actually, top 50 over the last month. Better than that over the last couple of weeks. Number 20 over the last two weeks. Still, I would argue, below where you'd expect the blocks total to be for him. Only at 1.8 blocks over that stretch. John Morant is back for the Grizzlies. Uh, JJJ is no longer a buy low with as well as he's been playing, so we've cashed in on that one. Julius Randle continues to play extraordinarily well. We knew that, it, like, look, he's not a guy that I typically target in drafts, but we knew when he was shooting, like, 30% high volume, that just wasn't a number that was going to stick long term. And over the last couple of weeks, he's number 40 He's been climbing the board quickly. At some point, he's going to sort of, I don't want to say semi-max out on where he gets to, but I think it's safe to say that that buy low has also cashed in. And if you wanted to turn around and start to sell some of these guys, I don't know about JJJ because he's still kind of on the upswing, but Randall, he's had, you know, two really good shooting weeks in a row. 
When the numbers balance out, that's when you want to see if you can go flip a guy like Randall, who has these weeks where the bottom falls out. Keegan Murray has uh, completely exploded. That was like the easiest buy low call we've ever had on the show, possibly. He's a first rounder over the last two weeks. That record-breaking three-point night was the one that sort of pulled the numbers way up the board. But Keegan was also a guy who was outside the top 100 and was kind of floating between 80 and 110 for a while while shooting 38.5%, and you just knew that wasn't going to stick. The steals have been nice. The rebounds have been nicer this year. He just has more usage. So it was all about waiting for the field goal percent to level off, and now he's number 54. So again, this is another one that's cashed in. We can't really do anything else with it. Damian Lillard was the buy low last week. He was more of a narrow window buy low because his field goal percent had been dropping. It was down to 41. As soon as someone got into my Twitter mentions and was like, maybe he's just not going to shoot as well this year, I was like, okay, this is the time to buy low on this guy. As soon as people are just like, maybe this is what it actually is, that's when you know the window is there. Dame has climbed from 25 to 18 with two big ball games. It's actually really hard to move slots at the top of the board, but he's done it. Uh, you probably kind of missed your chance. Two good ball games there. But again, we'll take it because that's another one that worked. I think we had one more that worked pretty well. And then we have some guys that are kind of floating around. No, I guess there's a couple. So Jared Allen had a bad ball game yesterday. He had some foul trouble. He got hurt partway through. Um, he had moved up from 97 to 76. His bad ball game yesterday moved him back down to 84. So he's still ahead of where we got him at, but it's kind of a small jump. I needed to do adjust this uh, this PowerPoint presentation late last night, and I forgot to do it, so that's on me. But either way, uh, Evan Mobley's out for a while. As long as Jared Allen stays out of foul trouble, which has been a problem for him. He's had like three of the last five games. He's been dealing with some foul issues. He's going to move up. He'll probably find his way inside the top 65 at some point here, so you could probably still buy low, but it's not quite as easy as it was uh, last week. Jalen Brown, remember, he was in the 90s. He was two weeks ago on our buy low board. He's now into the 60s, just quietly. Things didn't change that much for Jalen Brown. He's number 68 now, I believe. It, it Mostly field goal percent up from like 45 and some odd to 47 and some odd. Free throws are up from 70 and change to 72. There's just these little things that are probably going to keep moving in that direction for him. So there's still room for Jalen Brown to raise up. But again... Once a guy moves 25, 30 slots because of a good week, two-week stretch, it's just not going to be easy to get that guy anymore. And then three guys that we've had on the buy-low board that haven't really moved yet. DeMar DeRozan, who, like, I, I have no problem with DeMar. He's actually up, like, four slots to number 60. But he's still shooting just 44% from the field. That's a number that I still think ticks up towards 47. I don't know if he gets all the way to 50 but just these little moves and free throws from 82, does that get up to 84 or 85? That moves him inside the top 50, so there's still a little bit of room on DeMar DeRozan. Cam Johnson was one that we've had on the board a couple of times. He's still kind of floating around near 9,100. Uh, I'm not particularly worried about it. I think the field goal percent comes up, and I mostly think the steals come up. He's had sort of a low steals year to this point. He's not the only guy that's had a low steals year, but I think there's some room for that. And then Walker Kessler was a really easy buy low yesterday, and then Utah moved him back into the starting lineup, and he had, I think, a five-block ball game, if memory serves, and he's now back up to number 81. If you can still get him for someone near that marker, near the 80s, I still think you'd do it. Because when he's in the starting lineup, 
He's much, much better than that. You know, 14 and 14 with five blocks was the line yesterday for Kessler in 32 minutes. When he starts, he's a behemoth. And frankly, if he just gets up near 30 minutes, he's a behemoth because his elbow is fine now, so the rebounds and the blocks are back where they need to be. He's a bad foul shooter. Like, okay, whatever. We knew that getting into it. But this is a guy that should be inside the top 50 when all things are said and done. So I think you can probably get down on it with these three dudes who were by lows and haven't really moved yet. All right, let's see who's on the board for this week. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. I left one slide in there that I didn't mean to. Some of you may have caught it. Oopsies. Jason Tatum is our first buy low for this week. And I don't know that even people have fully grasped yet where he's at. But Jason Tatum is at number 36 right now, actually. He was 34 when I built this thing yesterday. He's fallen two slots. But the way we got there is, I don't want to say unusual. It just feels like it's a pretty easy thing to spot. First of all, Tatum's usage is not going to be what it was last year. Derek White is doing more stuff. He's more comfortable. Drew Holiday is there instead of Marcus Smart. Kristaps Porzingis being in town is the largest adjustment the Celtics have had to sort of work their way through. So he's not going to take 21 shots a game. He's at 19.6. So scoring 30 points a ball game might just not be in the cards for Tatum this year. But that's not the thing I'm worried about. Because, look, I mean, you could look at Tatum from last year and... He was what? Like right near the end of the first round on a per-game basis. Very durable. 30 points, 3.2 three-pointers, 8.8 boards, 4.6 assists. Here's the thing that jumps out. Okay, the assists are a little bit down as well. That's, honestly problematic, but it is something that probably, well, I guess it's about, they're almost exactly the same there. Half an assist, that probably doesn't come back. Again, this is just usage-related stuff. Those things probably don't return to where they were. He's probably not going to be 30 points. He's probably not going to be at 4.6 assists. He's still at three three-pointers instead of 3.2. It's a small adjustment, but it's there. The big thing you're looking at with Tatum this year, two things, actually. Number one, defensive stats. He was at 1.8 last year. He's at 1.4 this season, which I know doesn't sound like all that much, but 0.4 defensive stats actually makes a really big deal. 
Because remember, these are low-volume, high-impact stats. Two-tenths of a steal, two-tenths of a block, those really do matter. Like, Freddie Van Vliet's at 1.1 steals. That makes him a medium-sized positive. Tatum's at 0.9. That makes him basically a net neutral. This is a big deal. And the bigger deal for a guy who's taking, and you guys know where I'm going with this, 6.7 free throws per game. Last year, and basically for the last half decade, he's been around 85%. This year, he's at 79. He went from being a pretty large positive impact free throw guy to a small negative. That's a big, big swing. But also, I have every reason to believe that that's a number that comes back for Tatum. I know, maybe you could, maybe this is just a year where he doesn't shoot free throws well. That's a that's an actual possibility. But you know what? I'm willing to take that shot. And somebody drafted him probably towards the middle end of the first round, and I don't know if they're fully aware that these things have been wrong, but again, He's ranked at the end of the third round because of these weird little adjustments year over year. I don't think he gets back to the first round based on what we've seen so far this season because, again, he was number 11 last year per game, and he's taking a usage hit. So even if you think all of the peripheral or the efficiency stuff gets back where it was, he still will be a little bit lower this year than he was last year, meaning from 11, you don't have very far to go before you're a second rounder. And a couple of guys in the second round this year are ahead, and I don't know that they're moving back. Luca, I mean, maybe we see him tire out as the season goes. That's certainly been a thing before, but he's moved up from second round to first round. Kawhi Leonard last year was second round because of his slow start to the season. He's in the first round. You've also got Chet Holmgren in there, who's actually moving up the board with 15 blocks in his last two ball games. There are three, four guys that weren't in the first round. So even if Tatum does what he did last year, that still probably puts him at the beginning of the second round. And now with all these other guys moving up the board, that actually moves him kind of towards the middle. So I think Tatum can get back into that kind of 18 to 20 range. What I don't know for sure, and this will be the big question on this by low, is can you get him for a second round pick right now? Because that's what you'd want to do. Don't pay a first round price for Jason Tatum. I don't think he's getting back to that spot. But you got some guys in the second round like, say, a Carl Anthony Towns, who's late second round right now, and is probably about maxed out to what he's going to be doing, could you get Jason Tatum and hope that Tatum passes him if Towns, I don't know, takes a small step backwards at any point this year? It's a possibility. That might get it done. But I don't think it's going to work if you go much deeper than that. Like, maybe an injured LaMelo Ball might be someone you could flip out there. He's a third-rounder right now. You're not doing Giannis, because if you drafted him, you, you did it to punt free throw percent anyway. You're probably probably not doing Damian Lillard, because he's been on the way up and may, frankly, very finish ahead of Tatum. Would you go LeBron? He's been playing way out over his head this season. I mean, apparently he's a cyborg, but that might get it done. Paul George is a possibility to get it done. But again, I don't know that I would do it. So there's only a handful of guys that I think I would consider offering up. Towns being one of them. Uh, maybe Kyrie Irving, but he's hurt right now, so that probably doesn't do it. LaMelo, who's hurt, I'd probably do it. Uh, Trey Young is a possibility, but that kind of blows up your team build, so maybe that's not the smartest thing in the world, but from just like a strict nine-cat standpoint, that's probably one that I would do. And then again, you move your way up the board, and I don't know how high you go. Do you think How far do we think Devin Booker falls if Bradley Beal actually ever shows up this year? 
Do we think he falls towards the end of the second round? Maybe. So maybe Booker is the answer to this question. But with Beal out another couple of weeks, I don't know that I would do it yet. All right, let's see who's next on the buy low board. What special treat? Anthony Edwards. So this is a guy that I very much did not target on draft night. You guys might remember this. I think he's... I, I always thought the greatest advantage he had was seemingly durability, but he's been dealing with a hip injury so far this year. And look, I love what he does. He's an outstanding basketball player. The Wolves as a team have been playing terrific ball, but Anthony Edwards just didn't have much more that he could have added onto what he did the second half of last year, which basically put him in that 40 range. And he had a big ball game yesterday. So again, you know, I made this list up last night before the final totals had adjusted for today. He had a really good, efficient game with five defensive stats last night. So he moved up from 50 to closer to 40. But that's kind of what I thought Anthony Edwards was. Now, this screws me up because we kind of needed to do this show yesterday. But let's, let's do this on more of a hypothetical. Let's say that Anthony Edwards has uh, a slower ball game and falls back five or six slots in his next one. Because he kind of cashed in this buy low recommendation before I could even get the show out to you guys with yesterday's much larger ball game. I think that Edwards finishes in the mid-30s, which he's still not quite there. He's around 40. But the issue is I wanted you to be able to go get him for someone near 40. And now that he's back near 40, I don't know that you're going to be able to do that anymore. So last night screwed that up a little bit. But let's look at some of the guys around Anthony Edwards and see uh, which of them might get it done. Uh, Demonis Sabonis might get it done. Jalen Brunson might get it done. DeJounte Murray might get it done. An injured Evan Mobley would not get it done. Uh, Bam Adebayo would probably get it done. Freddie Van Vliet would probably get it done. Although, I, again, I don't know that I, that's what I would do because Freddie's been on the rise. Uh, Anthony Simons would not get it done. Porzingis Bain... These guys I don't think would, would get it done either, and then I don't think I'm giving up much more than that. So let's say Edwards has a slower ball game. He moves back in you know the mid-40s where he had been prior to yesterday's Gigantor game. Those are the guys that you're thinking about giving up for him. Because I think mid-30s is probably your target point for Edwards. And everything he's doing right now, the, you know, the funny thing is about Anthony Edwards is that what he's doing right now is basically what I thought he would be. The issue is that everybody else had him as a first or late first, early second round guy. Because, honest to goodness, I don't really know what everybody saw. I think there was an expectation that he was going to shoot as well as he did at, in the FIBA games. That the field goal percent was going to go from 46 to like 51. I didn't really see that happening. He's had a nice upswing in free throw percent so far this year. Which, you know, that's one of the things we were like, look, this is a thing that's probably going to need to be fixed for him to really climb the board. The issue is that there wasn't more usage available to him on that Wolves team. There just weren't more shots for him to take. He had 19 and a half shots a game last year, and Carl Anthony Towns basically missed the entire season. Even if we felt like Anthony Edwards was taking control, grabbing this team by the horns and making it his team, which I think we all agreed he was going to do, that just meant taking more shots from like the little guy. But with Towns around, he was set to take most of those available shots back for himself because he wasn't there to take them last year. So Edwards is almost the same in almost every category year over year. 
Steals and blocks are down a little bit. And again, that matters. We talked about that with Jason Tatum. So that was a reason I thought maybe Edwards could be on the upswing. But then yesterday's five defensive stat game sort of messed that up a little bit. Uh, assists are fine. Rebounds are fine. Scoring is exactly the same. Free throw percent might actually come down a tiny bit. Field goal percent is fine. He is who he is right now. But if you see any slowage, one or two games where he doesn't shoot the ball as well, because he's had a couple better shooting games in a row, if he goes through a little mini shooting slump of two games or something like that and falls back into the mid-40s, go get him for someone in the mid-40s, because he's a mid-30s guy, and he's a very predictable, safe, and enjoyable one to have on your fantasy team. And now the risky one. Your final buy low is the most annoying player to roster in fantasy sports right now, and that is Bradley Beal. And before I tell you about Bradley Beal, I want to remind everybody once again to please do find me on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Come join us in our Discord. The link is in the show description. Uh, Oh, I remember what I wanted to say. Uh, For those that are choosing to watch this show as opposed to listen to it, I'm not going to be getting to the live chat room during these buy low shows. I just don't. These are sort of quick hitter type of episodes. But if you have questions, feel free to throw them in the comments after the show is posted. Just throw them in the comments section. I'll get to those when I get to those. I, I will see them at some point. Like every 24 hours, I try to sweep through, take a look at those things. Um, that's a That's a great way to get a hold of me. Uh, other thing, manscaped.com. Almost forgot to tell you guys about our sponsor. Please do check out our friends at manscaped.com. Use promo code ethos20 to get 20% off and free shipping on your order at manscaped.com. I still use the handyman almost every day to take care of these out-of-bounds marker hairs on my cheeks. It's a fantastic, real, regular, old-fashioned electric razor. The lawnmower is their sideburn trimmer. It's outstanding. Again, with Christmas just six days away, it's such a perfect way to to sort of, I don't want to say half-ass your gift giving, but a little bit. Like, it's just easy. It's right there in front of you. You can get 20% off and free shipping. Go get it done. Manscaped.com. Ethos20 is the promo code. They've been so good to us for all these years, so please do check those guys out. And again, I don't personally need you to give me any of your money, but I do want 90 seconds of your time to please like, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff. Let's keep growing this stuff together. Now let's talk about Bradley Beal, who I marked as very risky on the slide that's on the screen for YouTube viewers right now because it is extraordinarily risky. He basically hasn't played yet this year. And every time it looks like he's about to play a ball game, he gets hurt again. What's he played now? Four games, I think, so far this year? Was it he got he like got back from the first injury, played four games, re-aggravated it, played part of a game. He's at, he's at technically is at six, but, I mean, does it even really count? Because, like, the first game was he was limited by minutes. Second and third game, he was semi-minute limited. I don't believe he's had a single game this year where he hasn't been limited in some way, which makes him the most annoying player to roster in fantasy sports. Even more than Chris Middleton, because, yes, he's had his minutes limited in every game other than, like, one also, but at least he's played. At least he's played. And Beal hasn't. It cannot get any worse than it is right now for Bradley Beal. I mean, scratch that. The only way it could possibly get worse is if he came back from this ankle injury 
and immediately got hurt again and then was out for the year. I don't even want to say it because I didn't want to speak it into existence, but that's really the only way that things could be worse for Beal's fantasy season so far. I only have him on one of my 10, however many stupid teams I have floating around right now. And even just on that one team, I'm extraordinarily annoyed by him. He's ranked outside the top 200, but again, like he hasn't really been healthy, so who cares about that? I still think that if Beal can get right, he can just roll at a 75 clip basically the rest of the way. I actually think there's a chance he could go better than that, but let's just take that for sort of what it is. Last year, Bradley Beal in Washington was number 54 in nine category leagues. He had a lot of decent numbers, 23 points, four boards, five and a half assists, one and a half threes, 1.6 defensive stats, good percentages. Turnovers were a little bit on the high side, and that was part of what was kind of weighing him down because once you get into the 40s and 50s, if you're a high turnover guy, you move farther up and down the board based on turnovers there because most of the guys at the top of the board are higher turnover dudes. So being one doesn't really change your fortunes all that much. He moves up into the early 40s last year if you were not really paying attention to his three turnovers a game. I don't think he gets back there. That's 17 and a half shots a ball game with Booker and Kevin Durant on the team. He probably doesn't get to 17 and a half shots. But let's say he gets to like 14 and a half or 15 shots. That feels pretty attainable. How much down the board does that actually move him if he's more like say, 19 points per game and four and change assists instead of 23 and five and and a half. And the turnovers will also come down. I still think that puts him, you know, sort of in the, like, 65 to 80 range. And right now, I don't think whoever has Beal wants anything to do with him. So it's extraordinarily risky. I want to say that again. I wrote it on the page for folks, folks that are watching, and I want to repeat it using my words, because I've been taught to use my words. If you don't want to do this one, that's okay. I won't blame you, because he's a mess, and he's been a mess all year. But I still think he's going to get a chance to play, and frankly, more time to rest his ankle means more time to rest his back. Try to find a silver lining in this. You can get him right now for literally anyone who has consistent fantasy value on your team. So that means look for guys ranked between 90 and 110 that have some name recognition. Austin Reeves, Onyeka Okongwu when he's on a, a slightly better run. Uh, Brandon Ingram, who is like a... Uh, he, he basically does what Bradley Beal does, but with no defensive stats and uh, worse free throw percent. Jabari Smith Jr., Dennis Schroeder, Cam Thomas when he's on one of his heaters instead of one of his cold spells, Kyle Kuzma. Nobody wants to part with these guys because they feel like they're doing more than they are, but these are literally the guys at the back end of of startable 12-team fantasy value. Spencer Dinwiddie, Gordon Hayward. If Marcus Smart comes back and does anything, Marcus Smart. But, like, this is the list. You're not going to get him for Nas Reed. I don't think that's going to be good enough. Chris Paul. A lot of these names I think would get it done. 
And the thing is, you might feel like you're going to miss him, but you're not going to miss him that much. You need to have a place to stash Beal, so that's another little caveat on this one. I don't want you trading for him and then uh, having to take zeros. That's a that's a terrible idea. I want you to make sure you guys actually have a place that you can put him on your IL. I think he's back in about three weeks. That's my guess right now. He's going to be reevaluated right around the turn of the year. I think they're going to be like, oh, yeah, he needs about another week to get right. So I think we probably see him, what the hell is three weeks from today? Uh, like around January 7th or 8th, something like that. If you could afford a stash for three weeks, you can get him for next to nothing. If, again, if it feels too risky, don't do it. This is not one that you have to do. I think the other ones, or Tatum in particular today, is sort of the most obvious one. We've got, there are a lot of them that we go through over these these weeks where the answer is pretty evident. This one is not that. This one is a scary one. I get it. But I also think this is the lowest value he will ever have. Because even if he comes back and isn't playing all that great, he's still going to be an inside the top 100 guy. He's still Bradley Beal. Uh, and he still has, you know, 55 to 60 range upside. And those are guys that you usually can't get for super cheap. They don't typically pop up on the wire. Usually it's going to take you, you know, a top 75 guy to get someone in that range. But right now you can get Beal for someone ranked probably around 105, 110, who's coming off a good ball game. I think you can get that done. All right, again, everybody, if you have questions, throw them in the comments section on the YouTube page afterwards to everyone else that doesn't. Thank you so much for watching. We'll have our daily recap show coming up in probably about an hour, hour and a half, something like that. Uh, so I'll be certainly talking to you shortly again here. Please take a moment to like, rate, subscribe on your way out. I am at Dan Bespris over on social. This was your buy low board for week nine. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. And we will talk to you in just a little bit. So long for now.